Hello, and welcome to a, uh, a, a Mobile World Congress Los Angeles edition of the Light Reading Podcast. My name is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading. Joining me today is Tarek Amin from Rakuten. And uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I watched your keynote this morning. Uh, it is Tuesday, August 26th. And uh, your uh, Let's first cover the news. What was the announcement that you made in conjunction with uh, Juniper and uh, Intel? Intel yeah. yeah, you know, I, I think uh, um, I, I mentioned to many people before that I'm very lucky uh, to have Rocket and Mobile as my life network lab. Right. This is a unique position um, to give my engineers, myself, the ability to learn uh, from the early days of launching the network in Japan and what can we do better. The, the job that, uh, when we looked at architecting this network, is to continue to work through the journey of simplification. Simplify everything, really minimize the number of boxes you deploy, make it effortless, move away from proprietary hardware into a software implementation. So if you look in a, in a traditional uh, E-Node-B, whether it's 4G, 5G, and even to a certain extent, a lot of the 3G base station, the deployment always revolved around massive cabinets of deployment, and as you go from generation to generation, it's always about replacing hardware. And in Japan, uh, we were really met with a big challenge, and the big challenge is deploy a network that covers 96% of Japan in just two years. Now, how do you do that if you don't industrialize, if you don't build things that are always identical to each other, make it absolutely an industrial um, engineering and design and deployment? So we started, I think, really a simple architecture, but there are things I didn't like. You know, we had, of course, the antenna units. We had uh, cell site routing functionality that you need to distribute the, the, the uh, optical fiber between millimeter wave, sub six, and others. And uh, we had the DU that is needed for open RAN, and then the CU. And you know, we've always said, look, we, if we need to reinvent this to make it simple, what would we do better? And one of the key things that we wanted to do is to eliminate the cell site router functionality. So eliminate one box. The second thing that we needed to do is in our network in the early days, we used a traditional remote radio head that has this proprietary interface, CIPRI. Also within this box, we wanted to convert the traditional CIPRI into IP, so no need for another box. And also use this box to have um, be a host for the radio uh, access uh, application for the DU. So the convergence of everything together came into our new product platforms called Simware. You know, and, um, and it's, it's a, for us a first time that we want to introduce a concept where Rocket and Symphony will guarantee hardware refresh. We will sell this as a service model. And as you go from generation to generation in technology, we want to make it effortless. So think about today what um, big public cloud companies enjoy. You know, when new generations of CPUs come in, they just go and refresh that, and that's what we want to do. We believe this could be a big game changer in how operators consume products. And um, you know, we have an audacious goal to cut the total cost of ownership of north of 45% from what they pay today. Okay, it, uh, and now, okay, now this is, boy, I got so many questions, this is great. Um, so. You're not getting into the hardware business, but you are getting into the hardware as a service yes, business. Yes, yes. Because the platform, you know, the platform is is hardware. Yes. But 
but it's like where do, where do where do you begin and the partners leave off? I'm trying yeah. to figure that. So, that so, so to out. be honest with you, um, I dis I definitely don't want to be in the hardware business, right. but we want to be in reference architecture creation. Okay. Anybody could license from us, by the way, the reference architecture. Okay. And any company that wants to build this hardware uh, can reach out to me, and I'll give him the reference architecture okay. to go enable this. Um, uh, uh, so the second thing is, when you open the product on this hardware, you'll discover that it is really built on commodity merchant silicon, and that's important for us. Okay. Um, if we follow you know, what the rest of the world is doing, and, and looking whether it is Intel, AMD, Qualcomm, Broadcom, NVIDIA, there is so much elegance that are happening and in innovation on merchant silicon. I don't want to waste my time to go compete in those domains, but I want to really spend all my energy in the software around this, uh, this product. So we decided to build it, to be very, very frank with you, to control the cost and to show everybody that being transparent, there is a model in which a partner can make uh, their margins, an operator could benefit, but the transparency is a must. We don't want to inflate the margins on the hardware. We want the prospective future customers to have complete visibility to the, to the pricing. To be very honest with you, if some of the component vendors would allow me to do this, I would share the component price. Right. <laughs> I want the world to know about this. It's okay, right. you know, I mean, I think if we, if we agree on the basics of doing business with the spirit of transparency, right. I think it could meet objective for everybody. Nobody wants to enter a business not to make money. You don't feel like the world's going to fall apart if everybody knows uh, no. we're, we're getting 20% margin on this, it's a straight markup, there's no messing around, here it is, or 40% or, yeah. 40 or to, whatever the yeah, margin to be, is. To be very, very frank with you, today, I really think that the hardware margins are, um, are really unreasonable. Very, okay. very unreasonable. And you know, when you look at, not just only in the United States, you know, many companies across the world today, they are struggling to justify the financial investment for 5G. Right. And if you really want to ask, well, why is that? Well, the fundamental is the foundation of technology, of how we build network. Yes, the Gs have changed, right. but the construct is always the same. Complex process to upgrade the hardware. So our approach is, we absolutely don't want to be in the hardware business, but we want to be an enabler. And I would love nothing else to see an ecosystem that get created of hardware suppliers, take our reference design and give it to the world. So, and this SimLite, and, and so we have two variant. We have SimLite that we've launched and SimPlus. To show the world our spirit of openness, SimLite will allow any company to put third-party application for radio access other than Racket and Symphony as well. Okay. So, the, so we're open to this idea to say, if someone wants to put a third-party software, I have no problem with this. If someone wants to purchase Rakuten and Altio Star software, um, that's also something that we will entertain and support. But you think that the reference design, the, the idea of the reference design is powerful enough that it had to happen because that's what you did in Japan. Exactly. That's, exactly. that's what you did to necessitate, you know, like you were saying, your industrial goals, like an industrialization exactly. of the platform. Okay. Exactly. Makes sense. And, and, you know, maybe to add uh, to this is um, um, if we did not build this reference design, well, how would I know what the cost is? For sure. I, I wouldn't right. know, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would have hypotheses and theory, 
And by the way, I mean, to build a reference design, I mean, look, we learned it's not easy, by the way. You well, know, then we, you we, would get the markup thing where you would, the vendor would charge you, yeah, you know, so exactly. many, they would discount exactly. it on volume. Exactly. You would get the volume discount, you would feel like you're getting away with something, but yep. their margins yep. were going up the whole time. Exactly. So, so and, and that's why I, I think for me it was just a, a really mission of discovery. Okay. You know, let's discover really, so we funded this. I mean, it wasn't really cheap to go build these reference sure. design. We also discovered that it's not easy to do things, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, we were focused on this product, the Simware. We needed, we needed it to be su a, such a small little product that any human being could just simply carry it because it needs to fit below 20 kilograms. Okay. And take it to the, whether you want to deploy it at site or deploy it on edge data center, um, um, you know, and, and quickly you realize, oh my God, I have now to think about how do I design a product to meet thermal requirements without putting fans and make it fanless, right. make it bookshelf, eliminate cabinet architecture. This wasn't trivial. I mean, honestly, it took us 18 months to build somewhere. Okay. And, um, and I think this is what we hope is this becomes a new wave of how operators consume products, hopefully in the future. Now did Juniper and Intel, were they contributors to the design part or were they simply, uh, you know, when you, were you asking them like, okay, we think it could go here, can you, yeah. can you make this happen, that sort so, of thing? So, you know, if, if you look at my team, of course I don't have massive hardware engineering development team, right. but if I looked at, let's take with Intel, and, and we stuck with Intel largely because um, uh, you know, Intel has put a level of effort that is just really, I, I want to give them a lot of um, uh, thanks for, the, for what they have done. I went to them and I said, look, I see today fundamental gaps in our phase one architecture that I want to fix. To my knowledge, you guys are really good at building CPUs. You're really good at having manufacturing and fab facilities to build PCBs in Arizona. Would you be open to the idea that you and us built a reference design where Intel engineers and Rakuten engineers work hand in hand on enabling this platform reference architecture? We brought a lot of the practical know-how of what we want to see fixed, and Intel of course brought um, uh, you know, a, a capable engineering team, and we decided that we're gonna build the first prototype in Arizona in Intel Fabs. And, and seeing the journey of this process is incredible. And every week I see that report from Intel and Rakuten engineers detailing things that are just unbelievable. I mean, honestly, I, I was blown away with a level of engineering detail. And then we brought Juniper in mm -hmm. to say, look, we need now to talk about the software mm -hmm. architecture for virtual routing. Okay. So the reference hardware is Intel and Rakuten and the virtual routing stack, uh, Juniper participated. And my requirement to Juniper was really strict. I'll tell you what I asked him for. I said, I need to run a significant backhaul throughput, but you cannot consume more than two CPU cores. Mm. This was daunting, by the way. Yeah. It's not trivial. Yeah. So this is a, a, a very, very large engineering challenge that uh, Juniper took on. Right. And you know that's why I believe software will just get better. Because if you use any more than the two cores, you're, you're then, then I'm stalling away. Size, exactly. Not only so heat, on. I have stolen valuable resources from the radio workload. Okay. Which means I will drop the capacity that this product could support for 4G and 5G. Okay. And so we've talked about uh, Simware and the the hardware reference design you've put out there. Um, how is this going to affect other operators? Um, you know, let's, let's assume they're not um, Symphony customers yeah. or potential customers, and, and I do want to talk about Symphony as well, but 
How does something like this affect their thinking about their own networks and what they're building? Yeah. So I think, um, you know, I, I really believe that when we started this, I think many um, operators looked at what we've doing with, with quite a bit of keen interest mm -hmm. about is this is real, can this work? Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think most of them have came uh, to clarity and conclusion that moving towards a software world, moving towards cloud architecture, totally makes sense for um, the transformation journey. I think it's really, really important that um, the connectivity cost reduced dramatically, and I think the discussion that I'm getting quite a bit, well, we could see the benefit if you're a greenfield operator. Now I'm a brownfield operator, and this is becoming my, one of my favorite topics that I utterly enjoy the discussion I'm having with future customers of Racket and Symphony. Okay. I basically tell everybody that this is, um, you know, this is a reality that you have to face, that competition is not getting easier. Right. You see the pressure from, uh, as much as we've talked about in the past, you know, we've been talking about, you know, uh, maybe some operators are really being relinquished to being just pipes to OTT services. Now, if I am running a business in telco, the first thing I would want to really gear myself up, the first thing I would do is my organization ready to adopt such new platform architecture because it's really quite a bit different to go build a software architecture and if you now think about your business unit, it's extremely important to have DevOps engineers rather than the traditional engineers in, in telecommunication. Right. Not to say that you still don't need SMEs, of course that's needed, but I yeah. think more software emphasis will be needed to drive the vision automation. So um, I think what we hope would happen as operators listen to um, the, the journey of Rocket and Mobile, it, it becomes a clear use case, it is a massive network. We're no longer a small network in Japan. Um, the efficiency that we de derive is significant. And, uh, and, and the expectation is now that at least the discussion doesn't become, let's wait six months, seven months. Right. It becomes, we need a strategic tactical plan to engage. And I think as, as the industry as a whole generate momentum, I think it's good for everybody. I think it's great for this ecosystem. Because it, it, it continues to reinforce the idea that, that network improvements and iterative process, that it's, it has to be software driven or you exactly. get stomped by competitors. Exactly. And you're putting things in the cloud, not as a, a give up, but as a strategic yeah, <laughs> yeah, imperative. I, I, maybe, maybe a way I would say it, it's a matter of survival. I mean, it's a, just think about it today. I mean, think about the, the enterprise world before public cloud came about, right? Yeah, it was very complex. Very complex. Now yeah. everything is jumping to the cloud. There is nobody, I think, could argue the efficiencies that you would get right. by the cloud. I mean, I'll give you one example. I mean, think about concept, very simple concept, capacity management. Okay. Yeah. Think about if I run capacity management in a traditional sense, if I'm in a legacy operator versus capacity management if I'm an operator that lives in a cloud. Okay. Now if you're a cloud uh, enabled operator, I would argue that capacity management should be a thing of the past. If you, or, if you build this network properly on cloud, then the cloud itself by nature inherits the value of elasticity. Right. And as workloads demand additional uh, uh, CPU and memory, these get spun off automatically. Right. 
you know, and those are the things that I think, um, as an industry as a whole, if we continue to push and partner, because look, it's, there's aspect that the cloud layer is ready, and there's another aspect is the application layer is ready. Okay. You know, and I think if we all partner together and push as one united front to move this industry into an idea that application, orchestration, and cloud are really moving towards a future where connectivity is embracing the essence of software, elasticity into, into its DNA, I think it's good for everybody. I don't think anybody would argue anymore that moving to cloud is a bad thing. It's an absolute good thing. And I would really encourage everybody, regardless of whether you're greenfield, brownfield, I think time is now to take some decisive actions and, and move towards the future. What are um, other tel what, what are the other telcos? What has their reaction been to Symphony? You know this idea of the network as a service, uh, and and purchasing that and and all the, that service from from another operator. I mean that's that's a, yeah. They're I mean both I mean so th think about this. Uh, the group of Rakuten has seventy one internet facing companies. Right. Mobile is just another subsidiary right. of this company. With the consumer unit, we, the we gaming, took all Symphony as another spun-off. And the reason we wanted Symphony to exist is to deliver the platform and the experiences that we have derived from running the business in Japan and mobile operation. Now, um, I, I always say I'm, I'm blessed and lucky that I have Rocket and Mobile because I could try a lot of things. I mean, in other areas, maybe um, many CTOs also might not have the luxury I have. I could do any technology trial and I could go and experiment with disruptions I want to do, and I could put them in production, not in lab, right. in mobile. Once it's validated, then I move the software pieces to Symphony, and Symphony addresses the global go-to-market um, uh, for the software pieces that we have. So uh, today, this announcement about radio network as a service, I have never really yet talked about this idea because I am super enthused about the product first. So I wanted to wait till MWC to announce this. So this is kind of like the first official announcement that we've done. Um, most of our discussion with operators today have been talking about the technology stack. We haven't yet talked about the delivery method could change. And now, after today, the discussion is going to change a little bit to say, look, here's the idea we have. I need to collect input. Is this really disruptive enough? And it has to be disruptive for us to at least uh, uh, earn the privilege to be considered as a platform partner for future customer operator. If it doesn't deliver on a significant TCO, then we shouldn't be in this business. Okay. Yeah, so you're, gonna, you're, you're holding your, your, yourself and your own network up as the example for the industry. Exactly. And then you're saying to these other carriers, we can do this for you. Correct. But you have to trust us? You have to invest, I guess? I think, I think yeah, you have to take a... What, what's uh, what's uh, going to get them off the starting block, well, I guess, the, is the question. The, the first thing is that, obviously, we maybe we also have to do a bit better. I mean, the first thing is to believe that, uh, A, the first fundamental thing is the technology ready. Mm -hmm. I think we have a check mark. Right. Nobody now doubts that we are running a big network in Japan. Nobody doubts that we're delivering in quality. Right. The second thing is trust. Do I trust you as Rocket and Symphony? Right. I think trust takes time to build, you know? I, I mean, and, and that's something that, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to spend a lot of energy and time to build and cultivate this relationship and uh, educate. More than selling, I want to really be an advocate for this industry, regardless whether they purchase product from us or 
someone else. I think it's a good for, for all of us if we move towards a software world. Um, um, you know, I think uh, the third piece is, you know, help them with things that I advise them what not to do. Most important, learn from my mistakes. You know, I have done a lot of things I probably would have done a bit differently if I was going to rebuild another rocket and mobile. And most of my discussion with the, with, with the leadership team is really focused not necessarily about the technology, we're talking about organization. Yeah. You know, a lot of discussion about the organization is really fascinating for me to, to give my ideas and insights about the construct of the org. My, my last question, because uh, I know you don't have all day, even though I, I would take it if you had it, um, <laughs> the, is about just a comment you made uh, in the process of your keynote, you were talking about the advantage of a, a greenfield mindset as opposed to yes, a greenfield network. Yes, yes, right now, yeah. we're getting into, uh, th this sounds like the title of a forthcoming book or something, but but it's obviously something you've given a lot of thought to. I'm writing a book, by the way. Oh, but, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what's, what's, help me break down from from the, you know, because, you, you know, like, because you're getting to both participate and observe yeah. the industry at the same time. You're participating yep. as an operator, you're observing it as, a potential, uh, you know, technology and service provider to yeah. the other operators. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that gives you some. You've had to do a lot of thinking yeah. about what the mindset of the industry is. So, so, uh, so, what, so what have you I mean, un there? unfortunately, I, I'll tell you at least my my humble view to this, and maybe people will agree or disagree on this. But um, to a certain extent, if you ask how we get educated in the telecom industry. The methods of education primarily comes, unfortunately, only from, uh, I call it the vendor world. Right. They educate you about what they're working on yeah. and they say this is what the future technology, et cetera. And somehow I think that's really wrong. I don't think that's how you get educated. I think we should be open-minded to expand beyond the box of the industry we live in. And we, we could become open-minded if we start observing on tangent verticals what has happened. Okay. And so for me personally, I really tell you what my, my aha transformation moment happened when I visited Facebook almost a decade ago, 10 years ago, and I walked inside their data center to see how they're in operation. Okay. I was ashamed that I'm belonging to a telecom industry. <laughs> really, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, so just to be very truthful with you, I looked at it and I was, of course, running operation in. Uh, um, uh, in, in many, many telcos, and when I walked into Facebook, just the culture of thinking impressed me. Um, and how they think, it's very different. Um, you know, I understand the importance of following standards in telco, et cetera, but that should not constrain us from being innovative. That should not constrain us from, you know, advancing the thinking and questioning the vendors, including, by the way, questioning Racket and Symphony and questioning me, that's okay. These healthy debates are very, very important for all of us. So um, in building Rocket and Mobile, the biggest thing that I saw in front of me is if I handpicked the individuals that I know um, are not necessarily the best learners, maybe are the best individuals that could unlearn the bad habits. Okay. You know, to sure. think about the possibilities of the future, um, we could do amazing things. So this technology, I mean, at the time, 2018, was just honestly PPT, really PowerPoint presentation. Right. And bringing the people that I felt will generate the inertia to do whatever is possible to make this a reality 
is was the secret sauce. So when I say greenfield, of course it's not the greenfield. Sure, right. Come and see the mentality. The mentality of the people is what made a difference. Mm -hmm. So if I run a brownfield operator today, I'll be really very frank with you. I would never say, because I have legacy features, I had legacy thing, I will wholeheartedly jump into this and force my organization to accelerate that transformation and prove that even in a brownfield environment with the right mentality and mindset, one could achieve the productivity and efficiency from this architecture. And, and, and you, in Facebook, you just saw that they were willing to solve problems differently. They didn't have, they didn't have the baggage of having, I guess, worked in computing all their lives. Yeah, or, exactly. Or whatever so, industry. so the one thing that impressed me is, uh, look, the, the basic fundamental knowledge that came to me, and this was like, I mean, it clicked in my mind. Uh -huh. I met with the, the head of data center and I asked him, this hardware, they all look the same. And to be very frank with you, I'm not like a hardware designer. Right. But I just like look at this hardware. I said, this compute, they're all the same. He goes, okay, Tarek, here's the thing. We have two billion customers and there's only six hardware types. Hmm. We have a hardware for AI, a hardware for messaging, a hardware, anyway. Right. They standardize the hardware. Now in telco, the approach in hardware was, uh, you would go to a vendor, you would ask the vendor, what is the hardware you need? And the vendor gives you different variation of things. Right. In, mo in mobile in Japan, I didn't do that. Right. I had, by the way, one CPU type, right. one hardware type, and I forced all vendors say, you must make your workload work at the desired efficiency of this hardware. Now, that came from, honestly, observation that I made on Facebook. Okay, yeah, so, so, yeah, so it really is about think, thinking in terms of the, end, the, the, the scale of what you're doing as opposed to how yeah. can we wring more money out of... Correct, <laughs> correct. Out of version A, version B. Exactly, you know. not only that too, I think you need to be, I mean, look, I, I don't think that traditional vendors cannot make money, but they need to start thinking on a new world. It will right. change. Yeah. You have to drive into a new world and there's a new opportunities to create you know, a software aspect of your business, but we need to go through this journey from old to new, depart the, the old ways of how you build network, because you know what's gonna happen. Maybe you and I will talk in 6G era, right. and we're gonna talk and say, look at how much hardware swaps we are doing now to support 6G, right. because that's how they make money. Right. You know, We talk about that this, there is some magical thing about Massive MIMO. Well, I wanna demystify Massive MIMO very soon, right. and you'll hear some significant announcement about commoditization of also advanced technologies like Massive MIMO. And you've got it working on Open RAN, so Completely. it is possible. And, I, and I've okay. heard, look, I've heard like, you know, people said, oh, Massive MIMO will never work with Open RAN. Well, I don't know, it's working in Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and, and there is a lot, a, a lot of macro 5G base station already deployed in Tokyo. Okay. So, so it's a, yeah. So that's how we get to. That, that's also how we get from, or in your view, that's how we get from here to there. Is if we build it right now, then the the, the advancement is just software yeah. upgrades yeah. and yeah. little tweaks. Maybe here the and last there. thing I'll tell you, I'll end at this. You know, I, I also read quite a bit. I mean, people say, well, the, uh, this chip is not ideal, right? But okay. while the industry is waiting for the ideal chip, I have been focused on making my software ideal. Okay. So rather than waiting. I said, you know, I'll take what I have. Of course it's not perfect. But even tomorrow it will not be perfect. You know, it's just an evolution path that you have to start and you have to adopt. There is nothing called perfect, but certainly I could really do a better job in software architecture if I start today. Now imagine if I could get the, you know, um, more of a larger ecosystem to jump on board 
maybe uh, hopefully optimistically Rocket and Symphony could become a very large uh, platform provider to enable this disruption. We want to be, you know, an absolutely opposite to what has happened today in the vendor community. Mm -hmm. And uh, even by the way, if, if you look today our our public website, you know, I even the content on it, I didn't want it to look like a vendor. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very it's a, it's consumer. A, yeah, it's a very consumer driven. Look yeah. at it and, and see what the objective is. We want to be absolutely very different than what existed today. That makes sense, and it's showing up. Uh, thank you so much thank for your you. time. Thank and, you. Uh, safe travels back to Japan. Thank you, buddy. Thank you.